Collective, welcome to Voices from the Collective, a podcast coming to you from the mouth of the East Coast in upstate New York. I am your host, Ellie Pell. We've got a burner of an episode today. I am lucky enough to be joined by my new Trails Collective teammate, Rachel Spaulding. You know when you meet someone through the interwebs and for some reason you just feel a kinship with them. Maybe it's the way they respond to an Instagram story. Maybe it's the tenacity from which they approach their life. Or maybe it's just the ease of conversation that makes you just really want to be friends. I can say that I felt this way when I first met Rachel. Not only is she somebody I immediately felt connected to and wanted to support, but I got the exact same vibes coming back to me. Rachel had an incredible performance at the 2021 Hellgate 100K this past December, breaking both the course record and going under 12 hours. This stunning result was a three years in the making process, and on the show, Rachel provides an in-depth front row seat at it. Still being relatively new on the scene, Rachel is lighting the East Coast on fire. I, for one, am glad to have a front row seat to get this to watch this wonderful athlete in action. This episode is sponsored by the wonderful people who support us on Patreon, who also believe in the mission we have at the Trails Collective. If you haven't listened to the Culture Podcast yet, you are all missing out on some serious laughter and ultra-running banter from the, these four stooges hailing from Connecticut. I want to thank the Culture Crew for their support of the Trails Collective and encourage all of you listeners to consider signing up for the Cut 112, a race put on by the Culture team. Art, Fred, Becky, and Jimmy, thank you for what you do and see you at the Cut. I'm going to be volunteering, not running, guys. All right, let's get into this conversation with Rachel Spalding. Rachel Spalding, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so you just got in from a run, uh, a cold, <laughs> wet, rainy run, which we love here on the East Coast. So what was the workout today? Um, no workout. I'm kind of just getting back into it, getting back on the trails after being off of them for so long um, and having Black Canyons like two weeks ago. So just kind of frolicking on, on the mountains, on the trails these days, kind of no real structure until maybe like next week. So. Cool. Cool. Yeah. It's like my favorite thing. It's the, just the early, <laughs> early miles. It's great. Yeah. I took a month yeah. off after Bandera and it was, it was, I miss, I obviously miss it, but like, you know, part of the fun for me is like, I love building fitness. Like those first runs back where like 30 minutes and you're just like dying and just everything. I love it though. It's so much fun. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I feel like I felt like a little kid the last like two days because like just super like joyful to be back out on the trails because during my black canyons training, I pretty much for like almost all of it, um, the mountains and the trails are all covered in ice and snow. So I couldn't really get out there and train, which sucked. <laughs> so I'm just like super excited to be back to like doing what I really love and off the road. <laughs> yeah. So like, what is like a typical training for you? Like how many days a week are you on the trail and do you drive there? Like, I'm a little bit curious about logistics and stuff. So I try to be specific for like races, like, you know, closer to the race, the more specific I get, but, um, I, if I, I like to be on the trails, I, I run about six days a week. Um, I always take one day off, usually Monday. And uh, I'd like to be on the trails probably 
five out of those six days, it would be six out of six, but I try to do like a speed workout once a week. So, um, you know, trying to work on that kind of stuff. So usually I'll hit the track or maybe some pavement for that. So, and then a lot of the time, yes, uh, we can run to the trails from our house, but it's like a longer, like it takes about five miles to run to a trail system from our house. So it'd be like a very long run, which we have done before to like mix it up. But typically we drive. There's one trail system that's pretty close by that I like for weekdays or and if I have like a time crunch, it's called Pandapis. So uh, a lot of great stuff over there. And then, but I can also get to the AT in like less than 20 minutes. Um, any type of mountains. Usually I'll drive, I mean, sometimes I'll drive anywhere from 20 minutes to like 75 minutes to get to a good trail, just depending what, you know, we want to do, explore new areas. If it's a long run, I don't usually mind driving an hour to get to where I want to go. So just like to mix it up. We have a lot of options, which is great. Yeah. It seems like you live in a pretty good spot. Uh, I, I always try like, well, if I'm going to drive that long, I have to run longer than I'm driving. That's like yeah, exactly. That's such a good point. I, I was super lucky when I, um, I live in Blacksburg now, but I, uh, a year ago I lived in Roanoke when I first started, um, when I left grad school, finished grad school and I moved to Roanoke and, um, I lived in a downtown area and the city had trail, a really awesome trail system. So like I could get to some single track within like a half mile of my apartment, which was amazing. It was like the best place ever for like weekday stuff. And then on the weekends I would, could justify driving like 45 minutes for, you know, a long run, which would be, you know, three, four hours. So that's not that bad, but anytime you can pop out the door <clears throat> and run, that's like a blessing. Yeah. That's still my jam. I'm like, uh, I'm uh, like five, actually I'm like the exact opposite. I'm like five, six days a week on the road. And then on the weekend, I'm like, Oh, I'll go to a trail. Yeah. And I think that comes like, just with like what you have access to. Like when I first, first, like very first started getting into trail running, I was in grad school and I lived in Lynchburg, which had, um, awesome trails, but I was, you know, I was working a lot of hours. I was in school full time, which, so it was just, I was taking a lot on my plate and I was training at a pretty like intense level because even though I was new, that's just kind of how my brain is. Um, so I would run, yeah, I would run on the road pretty much every day, except for one, but I could get to the trail because when you have all of these things, it is hard to justify. So I'm, I'm very fortunate that I'm in a place right now where I have the time and the access to the things that I really like. Yeah. So what was grad school? Like what, what did you, uh, what was your degree in? So, um, I went to grad school at the university of Lynchburg and I got my master's in public health. Um, just in, just in time to, uh, handle the pandemic. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> relevant. It was a cool opportunity. Actually. I wasn't planning on going to grad school. I moved to Lynchburg for right after undergrad in 2018 to take a job that I was doing some therapy with some, with different children, um, with different like emotional distresses and disabilities. So I was working in a school, which was, it was, it was a lot of, it was really hard, but, um, it was a good job. And then I just by chance met, um, the head swim coach over at the university of Lynchburg and I was a swimmer. And we just, you know, we started talking a lot and he was reinstating the swim program there um, at the division three level and he was looking for an assistant. So all these pieces kind of fell together. So I took on a grad assistant swim coach job and that's how I got my master's for a year and a half. 
in, in public health. Yes, correct. Yep. So you were a swimmer. I was going to ask, like, when did you start running and how did, how did this whole, how are we here right now? <laughs> yeah. So my story is always a little bit different. I feel like than um, most people I grew up swimming. So I swam from the age of eight years old until all throughout high school, all throughout college. I swam at the college level. Um, so I guess, you know, we're looking at 15 years in the sport pretty much. Um, so yeah, I was, I was, I was at a, I competed at a high level. I was really intense, but I would say that swimming never really, it took me a long time to figure it out. I had, you know, a lot of, a lot of, I always got in my own way for the most part. I guess that's a good way to sum it up mentally. So swimming, swimming was really hard. It was, it was great. Um, but it was really hard. And once the sport finished, I knew that I was going to need something to, um, basically keep me from going in some type of like post-athletic depression, which, um, is, it's a real thing, right? Mm -hmm. So I pretty much started to like gravitate towards running. Um, I guess rewind. I did do like my, I guess I'm kind of jumping around a bit because it it is weird because I started running and then I stopped running. But so I guess after my freshman year of college, I had a, a really bad swim season. My first year experience, um, just didn't go the way I planned. I, I had a really bad concussion. I was out for a while, all of these things, first year of college, great chaos. And I was like, I want to do something hard and different. So I ran a half marathon and then just in like typical Rachel fashion, I finished the 13 miles and was like, yeah, I, I think I could do 13 more miles. Like that sounds like a good idea. So I literally, I, I remember it was like maybe two months later, I did another, I did a marathon. Like okay. this was in this, so this is, we're looking at 2015 now. I did a marathon and I like felt so empowered. Like I didn't know how to train for it. You know, I was 20, well, I was, I guess I was what, 19 years old. So like, I mean, it, you don't have to be fit, right? You just yeah. have to be like, I was just, I was like, stubborn. Sh- I was fit. Yeah. I didn't know what I was doing. I did like one 18 mile run, one 20 mile run. And then like, I was like, okay, I can do this. <laughs> and, uh, so and you can. I mean, I think yeah. there's a, like a validity to that. I mean, you obviously believe in yourself very fearlessly. You're not, um, afraid of anything. And also it's, I think you probably weren't like, you know, trying to qualify for the Olympic trials. You were like, I'm just going to like, you had a, at that point you had like a normal, like I, bucket list. Like, I just want to do this. It sounds like something like that would cater to your personality. Yeah. And it was just like this mission of like getting out of my own head to like help with swimming. Right. So I did the marathon, um, you know, and I, I kept working to, you know, and then I kind of left running a little bit. And then my senior year, like I did the marathon and then I started swimming again. So like, I, that was kind of that. <laughs> And then I, um, it was good cross training, got me in good shape. Uh, my summer, the summer before my senior year of college, um, I was kind of on this mission to, cause I still didn't like, I felt like I still wasn't re- reaching my like full potential in swimming. And I was like on this mission to do like all these hard things. I was just like, I'm going to become super tough. So I did a 50 K this like local state park in the summertime and also did not know how to train for it. Like, wow. Um, did a 50 K at this time, I guess at this point we're looking at 2017, I did a 50 K and then 
two, oh yeah, like a month later, I did another marathon and qualified for Boston. And then three weeks after that, I did a marathon open water swim. <laughs> all right. So I was just like, I was like, what are all the extreme things I can do so I can get like my brain? Like, how do I become like mentally tough? I feel like is kind of uh, was like this mission. So it wasn't really about running. It was about like all of the things I was doing was to make my senior swim season like how I wanted, how I, how I envisioned it going. And I think it did. Like, I mean, I did the 50 K I did the marathon. I did the open water swim. And I was just like, wow, I feel like I can handle anything. Like I, I felt like I became invincible, which (laughs) good or bad. (laughs) Yeah. It sounds like you had this mindset shift. I'm really interested in that. Like you realize that like your body can do a lot more than you maybe thought it could before. And then like you just decided to do it. And I think actually that's pretty like, you know, we see a lot of, there are a lot of runners that just start and then they sign up for everything. And then they just, because that mindset shift, it just clicks. Like I can do this. It's, it's more of a perseverance thing than an actual like fixed talent thing. And, um, and I think it's really powerful. So that obviously hit you pretty hard. Yeah. And and like what you're saying is, is totally true about like, yes, my, I did have this realization, my body could handle it, but what was more empowering for me was that like my, my mind can handle it. Right. Like I, I've always been very fit, very strong. Um, like my body's always been very capable, I feel like, but for me, it was always just kind of unlocking that, that mental approach. I mean, I even remember at the age of, God, I think I was 13. I remember specifically a swim coach. I finished a, uh, at a, an event at a swim meet. I finished the event, didn't go very well. And I remember the swim coach looked at me and he goes, Rachel, you are so strong here pointing to my arms. And he goes, you need to figure out how to get strong here. And he like points to my head and like at, you know, 26 years old right now, 13 years later, like I still remember that. And, uh, So, I mean, it's been a long process and like, I don't even think that, I I think I'm still working on it, but I think that I'm a lot further along than I was when I was 13. So, um, so yeah, just, just kind of working, working through all that. (laughs) So, um, some people are really able to like accept, uh, you know, mentally weak day or something like that. And, um, what is it like inside of you? That's just like. I mean, maybe you, I mean, obviously we give ourselves grace and stuff like that, but like, cause I think I have this too. Like there's something inside of me that like, I'll know if I didn't work hard and you know, like I'll know. And then that eats at me and like, or I just, I don't want to yeah, give up mentally. Where does that come from for you? You know, I think a lot of it comes from when I, so when I was a swimmer and a lot of my, a lot of my running reflects on like who I was as a swimmer. And I say like who I was, because I don't believe I'm the same person as I was when I was a swimmer. Um, you know, I've transformed a lot. Right. But I, I remember doing a lot of, um, you know, I would always work really hard at practice. I would beat a ton of people at practice. Right. And like, you could probably ask any of my coaches or any of my teammates, I was always really well known for being the hardest worker. And like, I take a lot of pride in that, but I could never put it together in a swim meet. And sometimes I would finish my events and I wouldn't even be like physically tired. 
right? So, and what I was learning and the more I like studied it and um, talked to people, like I was getting so like nervous and worked up in my brain that I was really like already exhausting my nervous system before I even got to the water and did these events. So like I was already worked up. I was already really tired. And then before I knew it, the event was over and that sucks. Like it sucks knowing that like you have you have like all of this talent and all of this hard work built up, but like you could never actually show it. Um, so I think about that a lot, especially in running, because I don't want to feel like that. And I don't want running to become something like that. Um, and I always tell people to, um, you know, one of the reasons I feel like I've been able to avoid those kind of things in ultras is because yeah, sometimes I still, I might get nervous or like I might get in my own head, but an ultra is so long that, I can have those thoughts for maybe two minutes, but then there's still five hours of the race left, right? Um, versus in swimming, where if I had those those thoughts for two minutes, usually my race was over. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. So, I guess, like ultra gives you the opportunity to think your way out of the thoughts. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And like I, I've just always been very determined for when I started running, where it's like I'm not going to let old habits. Um, or things that held me back. I'm not going to let that happen as a runner. So I feel like that's always been in my mind as I'm doing things, um, as I'm training, as I'm racing, as I'm, you know, even as I'm, as I'm coaching, like it's, uh, it kind of comes all full circle for me, if that makes sense. Yeah, it definitely does. So you do coach. I was going to ask about that because you're still like, you started in like 2016, 2017 master's public health, like, but you coach now. So where does, how did you teach yourself? Like, where does your philosophy come from? Yeah. Um, so it's pretty, it's, you know, it's crazy how things just kind of happen, I guess. Right. But, um, and I, you know, it, you said like getting into running and like, yes, that's when I kind of started running, but I wouldn't say that I actually got into running and understanding what that is and actually doing races until about 2019 was really when my first like ultra started happen. But anyway, I started coaching swimming from, a young age, like right out, of, right out of college, I was coaching swimming. I was coaching um, at a YMCA, so at an age group, at an age group level swimmers. I was coaching, um, I was helping with the national team swimmers. I was also coaching at the college level, so I was getting all this, um, this knowledge, the science based, all that type of stuff. Working really hard with that, and then, um, yeah, and then. I guess my, I realized, oh, I really liked the coaching. I liked working with people, <clears throat> excuse me, but I realized my passions were, were taking a big switch where, um, my heart was not in swimming. It wasn't on the pool deck. It was, it was running. So I just kind of started networking with coaches, kind of figure, trying to learn. Um, you know, I, then I'm, I, yeah, I just, I just learned, I just soaked up all the knowledge I could from people. Um, I did take a job after my master's where I was working in a retirement community and I was um, the director of life enrichment. So I was leading all of like the wellness programming and I was in charge of that. Um, and through that program, I was getting, I got some group certification stuff, some personal, I did some personal training courses. So I was learning, like I was getting a lot of that science um, based knowledge. And then I just kind of started reaching out to people that I knew we're looking for coaches and <laughs> it just kind of happened like that. <laughs> 
That's so, I, I wish that I had your confidence. Like I get asked about that all the time and I'm like, don't look at me. I don't know. And these, I have a degree in this. Like I have a kinesiology yeah. degree. That's like the coaching degree. And I'm like, right. I don't know if I would be like, mm, you know, and it's just, I wish I had your confidence. Maybe it's just, you know, that we have been brought together to share this, you know, I appreciate each other, but I just, it's the, it's that like, I don't know. I'm like, no, I just, I, cause for my training, I, it is very scientific, but also it's so into like, I, I, the only reason it works is cause I know my body so well. And it's like, can I really know somebody else's body to tell them what to do? But that's like, Ellie, they're not running at the level that you are like, you know, so it's a little different, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things where I'm like, Oh God, I wish I, I need that confidence, Rachel. Well, I, I actually, I'm so appreciative that you just like acknowledged my confidence because I have been working on my confidence level the last year. So that was like one of my goals. Um, so that's really awesome to hear, but, um, you know, I, like I said, I did, I will not come, I will not, you will not hear me say that I am a know-it-all for sure. Like I, I am learning. I know that my athletes that I have are putting a lot of trust in me, but because of that, I feel like I work, I work very hard at it. Um, like I said, I, I do a lot of the research. I've taken a lot of science-based classes. So like, I feel like I have a great understanding of the science, but something that I, um, I really like enforce as a coach. I really try to structure my whole program around is, um, you know, giving every athlete I have at any level, like the empowerment to listen to their own body. Right. Um, and kind of the empowerment to take control of their own training plans. Like, for example, I have one girl that I'm working with, um, she's awesome. She's just starting to get into the sport and she's super excited about it. And, you know, I was structuring a down week for one week and because that's when, you know, scientifically that sounded good, but she, and then, you know, she came back and she was like, Hey, I have all these things going on the following week. Do you think we could do this? Um, and then move the down week to this week. Um, so, and like, that was super exciting as a coach because I was like, okay. And then we were checking with her body, making sure she could, you know, handle another week and, Um, so I like to give a lot of power to them, you know, like I can make the workouts, I can help structure it, but also I don't know if they're feeling tired. I don't know if they feel like they need a break. Right. So, um, that's one thing I really try to enforce is just make sure you're listening to your body and all that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like hearing that. No, it's, it's good. We're going to rub off on each other. It's going to be great. This is (laughs) good. Um, so, I've thought about this because there are a lot of, we're now like associated with like some very talented women and I'm meeting more of them and stuff. And like, so some days I'm like, I have this dream. It's more like when I can't sleep at night and I just think about things and I'm like, you know, we should put together like a cross country or like shorter trail race, like team and like score (laughs) points as a team. And so I want to know, like, if you could pick five women to be on this team with you, maybe it doesn't even need to be short distance, just any, like your ideal, like East coast, like team. And we just go and do some cross country stuff. Oh gosh. Okay. Five. Uh, let's go. Okay. Number one, if I'm doing like dodgeball picking Sarah Beal, <laughs> especially if it's like short distance stuff where it's like, let's run up a mountain and run back down. Like, yeah, I think Sarah Beal would be great. Um, are we do, do you say we're talking like East coast? I should stick to East coast. Women. Okay. Let's yes. see. I would pick Ellie Pell. Yes. I would be I need Ellie Pell on my I'll team. give you my heart. I don't know what that means, but I'll give you my heart. I believe that that means a lot. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, and if anything, it's a very good motivator for the rest of us. Let's see, I have two. Um, uh, oh, you know who is super tough and doing awesome things is like Holly Ann Swan. Um, yes. I would definitely want her on my team. <laughs> I got three. All right. We got three. Uh, well, you're, you're four. So you have oh, one I'm more. four. Okay. Yeah. So I got four. Um, let's go with Sawyer Magnet. I think I yeah, said it last I'm very week. interested to hear more about her. Um, yeah. I feel I- like she, she's really good at, if I'm like, Hey, let's do this. She says, okay. So I could be like, Hey, <laughs> yeah. You always need your yes, man friend. Yeah. Yeah. She's definitely super excited about the sport. So yeah, that's cool. Up and comers, everybody pay attention. <laughs> um, so I'm very, also very interested in like running partners, like you're running with your significant other. And so, uh, how did you meet Logan? Um, well, I always joke, but it's pretty much, I was at a time in my life where I was not going to meet any guy unless it was running and I met him running. <laughs> so we did a race in, it was like 20, it wasn't that long ago. Um, 2020, I guess races started happening again in the fall. We met at a rate, a small 50 K called pilot mountain. Um, at this point it was only my third ultra and I'm not super chatty in races and just, just kind of not. And, uh, but for some reason, I, maybe it was like the post COVID like, in me where I, I like started to chat with him and we started running. And I remember like him and this other guy were like, Oh, like you, do you do this? Do you do this a lot? And I was like, not really. I'm pretty new. And I was like, how about you guys? And they're like, Oh yeah, we've never done this before. And I'm just thinking, I'm like, I need to get away from these guys. Like <laughs> they're going to go out too fast and do something stupid. Um, so at that point, I think I ended up running with Logan for about two hours uh, until I dropped him. <laughs> but to be fair, Logan's running story is very unique where during COVID, he was just like, I want to be better in life, I guess. And, you know, he read a, who's that guy? He read a book. I can't remember. I can't remember the book. He read a book and he was, oh, a David Goggins book. Of right? He read the David I was going to guess book. that. And he was like, oh yeah, let's go. And, uh, and so he started running, just running during COVID. So it's pretty awesome that he was here. Right. Um, one thing that I remember him saying where I was just like, I was like, I think I might marry this man literally like in this trail race, he was like, yeah, I started running during COVID. And then I decided I want to do a hundred miles. And I was like, yes, that is the kind of extra, like extreme person that I want in my life. But, uh, you know, I was going through a pretty weird time and uh, we finished the race and then we actually, and then like, we actually just started connecting and then running together. I was in Roanoke at the time and he was in Blacksburg, which is only like 45 minutes away. So we started meeting up on the weekends just to run. I mean, we weren't, it was nothing romantic about it. (laughs) It was me. uh, And, you know, he was he was in the, he was in the phase of the relationship where I was like, let's run up this mountain. And he was like, yeah. And then like behind closed doors, he was probably like, what, what am I doing? <laughs> now he has no problem saying, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we, we met running. Um, the Goggins glow has dimmer just a slight touch. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But it's a, it's a fun passion to share for sure. He, I think he, I think he enjoys my running a little bit more than his, his, his own. <laughs> hey, I mean, you need someone in your corner. 
He's, he's definitely similar to Holly Ann's partner, like her husband. Uh, he does a lot, yeah. of, like enjoys her running. Yeah, definitely need, definitely in my corner for sure. Do you guys run together? Are you similar speeds? Um, it kind of depends what we're doing and how we're doing it. I sometimes we'll do workouts together and that speed kind of varies. I think for like shorter stuff, he's definitely faster. I mean, he's like a gazelle. <laughs> yeah. I love my man friends for like, I'm like, let's do some fast. Stuff. Yeah. He's got some quick speed for sure. Um, we'll do long stuff together. It just kind of depends. It depends like where he did a lot of my like Hellgate this past year training with me. Um, so it, it really just depends, but we do like to run together a lot. So that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's like the dream. You got to find a partner, like to spend time with each other while you're running. It is. And I always tell if I'm, you know, talking to people about that, cause it's funny. A lot of people ask about that and, and yes, it's, it's awesome that he runs. And I think that's um, a special part of our relationship. I think that's a special part of my running career and everything like that. But if you don't have that, I think it's important to have somebody that at least understands, right? Like mm-hmm. understands that it's Saturday and I'm going to go run for four hours. Right. And then I'm going to come home and I have no like desire to go out. Like I want to sit on the couch and hang out. Right. Yeah. So I think it's just like, and I, and so, I mean, I'm very fortunate where I have the best of both worlds, right. Where sometimes he'll go out and run with me and sometimes he'll say, go do your thing and we'll come back. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he gets it. So that's cool. And you guys are getting married soon. So it worked out. We are, we are getting married soon. May 7th. Yes. So, uh, you mentioned Hellgate, which was an incredible performance for you this past December. So in the early of 2021, did you plan your racing season to peak at Hellgate or how did that work? Uh, yeah. So I did, I guess rewind one more year. I did Hellgate in 2019. Um, the first year I did it, it was like my second ultra, right? And <laughs> I, I uh, was like, pretty much like David Horton, how, when, how can you let me into this race? And, you know, he t- said all these things. And then I found out because I was a chick that he was going to let me in regardless. Right. Um, and so did the Hellgate in 2019, you know, got, ended up getting third. That was a very a big learning curves, like all these things. Right. But I was super fired up and then COVID happened. So I didn't race after until I spent until I met Logan. So now we're looking at 2020 and in 2020 I was doing, I did, I did really well. I was like just maybe 10 seconds shy of the course record. Um, but Leah Yingling passed me about with 12 miles to go or so. Um, so for anyone that does not know Leah, she's a super phenomenal, uh, West coast runner. Um, very talented. Yes. But yeah, very talented, very strong, also very kind. Um, great for the sport. Right. But she passed me, uh, you know, and which, you know, she had a tough first half and, you know, had an awesome second half. She passed me. I could not catch her. Like I just pretty much stayed steady. Right. But anyway, I finished the race and like, I was, I was super excited with how I did because I mean, like I went two hours faster than the year before. Um, it was like my third, third, fourth ultra at this point. Like it was, it was a great experience, but I was like, man, like, I want to win this race. I had a third place. I had a second place. I was like, I want to win this freaking race. And like, I want to do it and not get passed at the end. My mm-hmm. first year I got passed by two women at the end too. So, gotcha. um, so anyway, so yes. So everyone's like, when did you start training for Hellgate in like 2021? And I was like, literally like the day after 
the 2020 race, I was like, I didn't like physically start training. I like, but mentally I was like, okay. So yes, everything that I did in 2021, which was basically my first like full year of like ultra racing, I would say where I strung races together and like actually had a season. Um, so basically everything I did was to enhance my performance at Hellgate. I would say like, I, I did some faster 50 Ks faster. I did some mountain 50 Ks. Um, so to work on, you know, just being quick, I signed up for my first 100 miler because in my head, I said, okay, if I can handle running for 19, 20 hours, like I can handle Hellgate, right? Like that's going to make it better. So, which like, (laughs) so I was just like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this. And then like, I'm going to do a June 100 miler. So then I have lots of time to rest so then I can ramp it back up in the fall. And I'm going to go out to a race out West so I can do something hard. And so I can get comfortable by with racing some of the best uh, women. Cause I didn't know who I was going to race at Hellgate. So basically my whole season, I mean, I, I tapered and I like peaked and stuff along the way. And I like, you know, did a lot of rest for my hundred miler because like I was respecting the distance. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, I would say everything that I did in 2021 was just to set me up because I was like all eyes on all eyes on Hellgate. <laughs> That's so cool. Like I, I admire your like tenacity, but also your ability to think long-term, um, just that, like, yeah, you said you did peak and you tapered and stuff and like you were able to perform. It wasn't just like a slow, like year long block because like that would probably either injure you or get you burned out and stuff. Like you were able to go up and down. And so let's talk about that hundred miler. So that was old dominion. Correct. Yep. And how'd that go? Uh, I would say it probably went as good as a first 100 miler could go. I have um, no idea what that means. You're going to have to explain <laughs> this to me. So, well, so ultimate is super special for many reasons. Right. And let's, I guess we can rewind again. Like, so Hellgate 2020 happened, you know, and then I was like, okay, like I'm going to set everything up so I can be successful at Hellgate next year. So, but at this point we're looking at January, a lot of like the good hundred milers are starting to, and I want to say good because there's a lot of good races out there, but, um, they're starting to fill up, right. You need to get on wait lists. Like it's a process for hundred milers. You, it's hard to just like jump on and sign up for like a good structured one. And then I was like, well, I don't want to do one any later than like July, August, because then that like, I don't know how I'm going to recover. I don't know what my body is going to need. So that leaves me with like, maybe like six races, right? <laughs> like I didn't want to go to altitude and finding a summer East coast, 100 miler is a little tricky. Cause it's mm-hmm. who wants to run a hundred miles in, in the East coast in the summertime. So, so anyway, like what I found was old dominion. Um, and I actually put myself on the wait list because they only had let a hundred people into the race. And also because of COVID, like everything was like backlisted and that type of stuff. So I put myself on the wait list. It wasn't until April that I knew I was going to be into the race. And I was like, all right, let's go. I was, I was probably specific for about like a month. Other than that, I was, you know, focusing on all the other things along the way. Um, so, but yeah, it went good. Um, so I guess old dominion is like a very old school race. Uh, there's a lot of single track, a lot of climbing, but there's also like a lot of gravel roads. So it's kind of a mix of everything. I would say it highlights 
my strengths of like mountains and that type of stuff. But I think, I mean, it worked out. Uh, I, we drove to the race was on Saturday morning. So we drove towards, uh, Woodstock, Virginia, where it was, um, on Friday, we get there. And, you know, by the nighttime, we realized I forgot my like number one fueling source, which at the time was tailwind. <laughs> and like, there's nowhere to find tailwind. We're in Woodstock, Virginia. Like there's like some fast food places and like a gas station, right? Like nothing going on here. So what and do you do? Point, you know, the race isn't starts in like 12 hours. So I'm just like, I was really proud of myself with how like chill I was because it, because like there was nothing I could do. Right. And I was just like, well, we'll figure it out. I used liquid IV, which is like another fueling source. It doesn't have, it's not calories, but, um, really helps like hydration and electrolytes. And so, yeah, I used that and it was fine. It, it worked out. <laughs> All right. I know you're really dialed in with your nutrition and you like know the awesome sauce works and stuff. And I'm trying to like, I'm working with a couple like things to get it dialed in better, but I also like, I'm glad that like, I can also handle the shit. Like, I feel like I can also like, I want to be able to handle the Gatorade, the Coke. Like I, I mean, people laugh at how many, how much, how many Cheetos I eat, but like, I gotta be like, my body needs to be able to process this junk food. Okay. Like this is serious. Cause what if it happens like that? You know? Right. Exactly. And I'll tell you what, so then, uh, so, you know, so we're talking race day, I was calm and I was, and I think this was really cool. The mindset that I had going into this hundred mile, what, where it was like, I am lining up and I'm going to do my favorite thing in the whole entire world which is run. I get to do this all day long. Like whatever the outcome was, like I, I had some, I had some macro goals. I had some like, like, you know what I mean? I had some bigger goals, but I also had some smaller goals. But at the end of the day, like my, my end goal was like, okay, we're going to respect the distance and I want to finish the hundred mile, right? Finishing under 24 hours. Great. I also, because I'm very competitive, I was like, I would also like to be on like Maybe like if I can get a top 10 time, that would be really cool because it's, you know, the second oldest hundred miler in the country. So, but like I said, I was, I pretty much lined up and I was just like, I get to run all day long. Like how freaking cool is that? Right. So, yeah. so like that just kind of like put me in a very like peaceful spot for the race where I was, I didn't really get worked up. You know, the ice could see my crew for the first time, I think like 20, I can't maybe 20 miles in, I can see crew for the first time, ran a little fast in the beginning, like faster than pace planned. And they were not there. <laughs> so not only do I not have my number one fueling source, I did not get more stuff that I needed. Um, so, and then I wasn't going to see them for another 20 miles, I think. So I, at the aid station, there was Gatorade because this race is like super old school. Like, it like Gatorade so is the best. Like, come so on. I was like, okay, electrolytes, like give me that Gatorade. So I, so I use Gatorade, but like, even through all these like things where I know Rachel five years ago would have like had a panic attack and maybe a meltdown, like, because like the things that like, I couldn't control certain things like this Rachel, like she was, she was super chill. Well, everyone super chill for as chill as I can be but like I was very relaxed I was calm I was like you know it whatever I focused on what I could control and what I could control was okay I need electrolytes so we'll use Gatorade and I'll see them later it's so uh, interesting uh, that you say that because 
um, the control thing. And like, it's something that definitely has changed in the past, like, like, you know, a couple years from when I started running to now, like, yeah, I train very seriously and I'm very like, I like competing. I like doing what we're doing. Um, and I love having fun, but I think it's like, I definitely am a lot more, yeah, like chill nowadays. Like I don't, I let other people, like if they want to run at some time or whatever, like when I started running, it was like, no, I have to run between this time and this time. And like, I have to do it this way. And like, all, like, you know, you're just, you get neurotic about stuff. And I think it yeah. was like, as I've gotten better, I've gotten less like controlling and stuff like it. And it feels really freeing too. Right. Like, yeah, we yeah. control a lot, like our training and stuff, but it feels really nice to be able to handle emotionally when something doesn't go to plan. Absolutely. It's funny to hear, you know, when I first started, when I first started trail running and I like, well, in Lynchburg and like, I really got into ultras. Um, I had a friend named Jeremy who was, um, he was really helpful and really just like me getting started and getting and really getting good in the mountains. But he, we would run together most Tuesdays and Thursday mornings. He would not tell me the distance. He would not tell me the route. He would literally, sometimes he would tell me how long we were going. He would send me a point where to meet up. And like, we would run up and down the mountain. So like that really, and at the time, I don't, I don't really love that. But at the time, I think it was exactly what I needed coming from somebody that was very um, controlling of her, of my swimming and kind of going to that transition. Like it, it probably was something exactly, like just exactly what I needed. So, um, I mean, like I, I kind of, I try, I try to find a middle ground and I kind of try to stay there where it's like, yes, like. I'm not going to change my, my workout structure plan, but like I'll change my zone two effort, right? Like I'll, if you want to run to this place at this time, like I can do that. But like, usually there's like one thing a week where it's like, this is what I need. Or if it's like, I need, I need a lot of vert for this run, or I need more runnable trails. But other than that, like I can, you know, you know, like there's, there's some things that you want to, that you want to be more specific. And then, yeah, I'm, try to be relaxed about it. Cause mm -hmm. you, it will, it'll drive you crazy. It'll, it'll burn you out. And we're in a sport where there's possibility for longevity. So that's what I try to think about too. When I have those little, those little slips. Yeah. Um, so what would you say is like the biggest difference between a hundred K and 100 miler? Hmm. Well, I think it really depends on like terrain and all of that stuff right because i just did black canyons you know the other week and that was a super runnable faster 100k versus the only other 100k i've done is hellgate which is not a super like it's comparatively speaking we're talking about almost fourteen thousand feet of vert right um but i i don't know if there's like a huge like obviously that like there's the 40 mile difference <laughs> But I, I don't know. I, I truly think if someone can do a hundred K, I think they could do a hundred miler. Well, I do. I hope so. Jeez. I, I do. I really, yeah, I'm sorry. I do. I believe Thanks. in humanity. Thanks teammate. I, I do. I believe in you, but I, I do because I don't think, because I think once you get past that six, seven, eight hour mark, it's getting a lot mental. Um, you gotta be able, I, I think if the question was, what's the difference between the 50 K and hundred K or hundred miler, I'm going to tell you it's fueling. You can be as fast as you want in the 50 K, but if you don't know how to fuel and take care of your body, you're not, 
um, you know, you're not going to be able to survive 100K no matter how fast you are, right? Um, so I think there's a bigger difference there. And, you know, maybe other people have a different opinion, but I truly think, I think if you can handle the 100K, like, I think you can handle 100 miler if you want to. I also think, I think that's a good point. Maybe I answered my your question there where I think maybe you might be able to kind of get through 100K at the end of the day. Like, you can, you can get through it. I know I have. You can... Like you can just find a way. I think a hundred miler, like you, you have to have all the things like you have to want to be there. You have to want to finish it. Not just because someone else thinks you should do it. Um, yeah, I think, so I think it's a lot of brain power. A <laughs> hundred miler is going to use a lot more brain power. <laughs> I feel like if I just stop thinking right now and save all of my brain power for Western States, like, I think that could be solid. Well, no you know, mental fatigue, yeah, mental fatigue is so real. It is right. Like the body does not know the difference between stress. So if you, you know, are having stressful thoughts or you're doing, you know, you're exerting your mind a lot, it doesn't matter. Like you're still putting that physical stress on your body, right? It does not know the difference. So and it can be things that are fun too. Like, I mean, I'm spending a lot of my, when I'm not working at the library part-time, like a lot, of, like working on the trust collective and stuff. And that's super fun, but I have to still remember like every hour you got to take a break. I say, go take a lap, like a do a lap around the apartment complex. Like just take a second and like stare at the wall. Like, even right. though I love doing that kind of stuff, like still by the end of the day, sometimes, or even like halfway through the day, I'm like, you know, it stops being as fun. Like you need to take breaks to make it keep being fun. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And like, I know that I'm guilty of being very extreme. <laughs> I'm, I'm a very extreme person. And like, uh, I could talk about running all day long. I could talk about what I'm doing next. I could finish a run and then be thinking about the next one. But one thing that I'm, I'm, I'm trying so hard. Um, and I'm not always successful, but I'm trying really hard just to work on like being more present and like focusing on one thing at a time. Like I have you know, a yearly plan, but like, I need to take it like one race at a time, um, one day at a time, right. Staying. So I'm, I'm really, I'm trying so hard and it's not easy because I just get super excited and it's like, okay, I finished the run. Let's talk about what we're going to do next when we run tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It can be like that, especially when your runs are really good. And then other ones you're like, Oh, I can, I can wait. (laughs) (laughs) So let's go through how great actually, because that performance was incredible. You broke 12 hours. You set the course record. Um, incredible, incredible performance. Well, thank um, you. Yeah. So going, it starts at midnight, right? Or 6 PM midnight. So Correct. let's just go through the race. Like you're there starting, you're on the start line. This is your third year. Were there any other women that you were like worried about or not worried? I hate using that term. Were there any other women that you were like, uh, they could prevent me from winning? <laughs> So, so to clarify, like winning was like the goal, right? I wanted to win more than anything, but I also try to like have other goals because at the end of the day, like I can only control so much if I win, right? Like I can't control if someone else is going to have an amazing day. I can control if I'm going to have an amazing day. So I tried to think about like just other goals surrounding that win. Um, and I knew that they're there. I mean, it could be anyone say Hellgate is such a roller coaster of a race. It doesn't matter if you are the most fit person on the starting line, like so much could happen. So I knew that I was a strong contender, you know, Horton seeded me first, gave me that first bib. So 
like, but I, I felt very confident in my training. I felt very confident in what I could perform out there that I was trying not to really think about the noise, right? Who, what other people were going to Okay. Do. Well, let's just focus on you then. So the first, <laughs> honestly, the first like six to eight hours sounds very like that would be my biggest struggle. Just running in the night over things that like, I don't, you know, yeah. it, that sounds very like something I would definitely need to practice a lot. So how was the first, like, you know, 25, 30 miles? Painful. <laughs> what happened? So I, being newer to the sport, I have been very fortunate where for the most part, like I pretty much always feel good. Right. I start and then until I don't, but like, I usually start feeling good. There's not usually stuff I have to work through. It's like, you feel good. And then sometimes you don't. But so what I, you know, was working on in that year process leading up to this race was like trying to handle those highs and lows throughout the race. So the first like eight, nine miles, like I was giddy. I was, it was fun. Um, I was fired up. And, but then after that, like the next like 25 miles or whatever, like I was just super uncomfortable. Like you're running at midnight. So your body's just kind of like, I'm supposed to be sleeping. (laughs) Um, so I just, I don't know. I just felt uncomfortable. It was super humid. The humidity was at a hundred percent. Like it was crazy. Um, yeah, we're talking about December in Virginia, right? This race weather, you just never know. Um, so my body just felt really uncomfy, but like I did a good job at pro I always try to problem solve. So it's like, okay, like what, what is the issue here? Like I, I was like, oh, like uh, maybe I can't to reach my goals. Like I started to have some negative thoughts and I'm like, no, like we're not doing this. Like let's figure out like what's going on. I was hot. So I changed my shirt. Like I started to amp up my calorie intake, um, took some more electrolytes, like just worked on different things. Right. Um, so the, the beginning was tough, but I would say it just progressively got better, but it hurt. I was pretty dialed in the whole race though. Like I knew where I needed to be at each aid station to be successful. And if the first part sucks, like it can only get better. So I imagine that you felt better and better as like the sun comes up and you're like, I, maybe I'm tired, but like, at least it's better than that. I got over that. Yeah, exactly. And the, yeah, the sun coming up does help. And that really did fire me up because where I was on the course this past year, where the sun came up, I was never that far along the last two years when the sun came up, but that made sense. So I was like, yeah, I was like, I remember the sun coming up and I was on top of this, like I was surpassed this climb where I'm usually at the bottom of, and I was just like, let's go. <laughs> like I literally cheered out loud. Like I'm this, I was like fired up. So, um, I would say that like you said, the first three hours or so I was pretty uncomfortable. Um, it did get better. I had, I felt much better. We did some problem solving, um, you know, made some changes and then I had a really good next section. But then now we're talking about, I remember looking at my watch and like, I wanted to negative split the race. Um, so I was in a good position for that. But then you get into like, you're the eight hour mark and it gets hard. Like it, so we get to, you get to one aid station call at um, Bearwall. And I was there, God, I don't know what time I was there. Maybe it was like nine hours in or something. Um, but you're, if this is like, at this point, I think you have like almost, you have like 20 miles to go. And which when you've already been running that long, it's a lot. And then you hit, I mean, there's just some, like the leaves are all over. The trail is challenging. It's rocky. 
Wait, um, so you've been running for nine hours and you have 20 miles to go. So you ran the last 20 in three hours. That's insane. Well, I, yeah, I think that's about right. I did the first 30, let's say I might be, you know, don't quote me. Cause it's, I like pretty much have put all that stuff on the back burner. Like if you asked me this like two months ago, well, I'd be able to I'm tell having you. my assistant fact check. So you might be canceled. <laughs> go at my Strava. But I remember the first 33 miles I was in, like, I was at like six hours. So the next 33 miles I did just under that. So, wow. which was pretty cool because like, I mean, the course is just super challenging all throughout. Right. Um, but I knew I was riding the line. So it like, I remember when I got to this, this barrel aid station, like Horton was there. So many people were there. Logan was there and you know, we're switching it up. And it was just like, I was on course. I was on course record pace at the time, which was 12. I think Leah said it in 1207, but like, so like there was the goal of like, yeah, I want the course record, but like, if I could be the first woman to break 12 hours, like that would be pretty cool too. Um, so I was, I was kind of like right in between like riding the line there. And then, you know, I got to the next aid station. Was that right on track there? Um, yeah, I just kept, I guess with maybe like six miles to go, it was where I realized like at the final aid station, uh, right before you have like a two mile climb where it's like you gain over like a thousand feet <laughs> and then you have like a big descent to the finish. Um, I was basically like, I made the decision in my head where I was not going to be happy with just the course record. Um, so it was like six miles to go. I knew I was, I was already at course record pace. I knew what I could pretty put together on the last couple miles, but like, it was going to hurt. If I wanted to break 12 hours, it was going to hurt. I was going to suffer. And that was that. But I also knew that if I was going to, if I was going to go 12 hours or I was going to go 1201, that was going to hurt way more. (laughs) That was going to hurt me more. Right. So I was just like, let, yeah, there was Chris Roberts, um, another pretty popular, uh, runner around here, um, did the backyard ultra, uh, he was in front of me and I could see him and he was kind of like my carrot. Um, I did not pass him. He was climbing really well. He had, he struggled a little bit early on, but he, you know, started to progress a lot better, but he was just somebody I had in sight. So I just kind of like kept focus on that. And yeah, I mean, it was a grind to the finish. So like, I, if you, if anyone's ever seen my like finish pictures, like it was like, you're grind. like crying slash, like, I will never do this again. Slash like somebody just took my baby away from me. Yeah. Like I'm usually a pretty smiley runner. Like I'm really known for like my, I guess maybe my mood, but, and I, and I was smiling a lot during the race, but like, it was a grind. Like I, every like last mile hurt. I mean, are, you you like, you, I was just so close to like what this amazing goal was. And I was yeah. just like, I was it's like, your oh. angle. why not give it everything? Like, yeah. okay. like you just like, and it's, it really comes down to like, how bad do you want it? And I wanted it really badly. <laughs> so it was cool. I, I just feel like it was one of those races where my mind and my body really came together because yeah. I think I was, I was physically fit to do it. It was just more of, and like I said, the year leading up, I'm, I mean, not everybody puts on maybe a lot of focus on Hellgate because it is the end of, it's a weird time of year and that type of stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I was, I was pretty much all in. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm so glad you had that experience because not many people like 
everything comes together, you're running well, but also like you finish with like, I gave everything that I had and not many people get that experience often. So, uh, I think I'm really glad that you had that experience at Hellgate. How long did you let yourself enjoy it before you switched and you're like, Oh, black Canyon. So I'm still working on, on that, where I need, like one thing that I like to work on, um, is being more appreciative. I feel like, and like, not just moving on to the next thing right away. Um, like I, I, I still try to be proud of that homemade performance, right? Usually I finish something and I'm like, okay, what's next? Like, or how could I have done that better or whatever? Um, so I still, I still try to appreciate that, but I, I did have Black Canyon on the radar. Um, and you know, at this point I took, I took two weeks off of Hellgate of like real training. Um, I took a full week off of running and then kind of like slowly started to build up. This is the first year I had anything on the schedule this early. Like last year I did, I waited till March. Uh, so basically, I mean, full disclosure, I, j- I didn't wait that long and I should have waited longer because it, it, my body, my body needed more. I think I, I'm really good at listening to my body and I don't think I, I think I rested enough out of Hellgate. And if I wasn't going to go race another hundred K, I think I would have been fine, but I was pretty much riding the line of fitness and danger. I feel like going into black Canyon and I can say that now because it's, you know, post race and I can reflect. Um, if I do Hellgate again, you will not see me in a February hundred K. <laughs> so, uh, it, it was too much. It was, it was too much. And I, I should have known better. And, but I was excited. I wanted to expose myself to some, you know, steep competition, do something that probably wasn't in my comfort zone based on the terrain, you know, how much, how much more runnable it is compared to like Hellgate. I was fired up about Hellgate. Like people were excited for me. Uh, so yeah, it, it was, but I'm just a student of the sport and I'll, I'll keep learning. So short answer. I didn't, I didn't let Hellgate, I didn't soak up Hellgate long enough. <laughs> well, you could soak it up now. It's fine. Like I do. I, I, I have my trophy like out in our, yes. in our room and I look at it and I'm just like, when, especially when I was like feeling down, I was like, okay, but like, remember what you've done, Rachel. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We need so. to like inspire more. I call it the uncle Rico mentality. Have you ever seen Napoleon dynamite? No. Like, oh dang. Oh yeah. You're a little bit younger than me. Well, anyway, he is this uncle Rico that like basically his whole, the whole shtick is like, he just sits and like talks about the glory days. He's like, I could throw a pigskin over the mountains. And like, <laughs> it, it's like, sometimes you got to just appreciate like what, I mean, all the time, like we should appreciate like, and it's not like it's going to ever hold us back. Like, it's not like appreciating Hellgate is going to prevent you from trying hard in the next one. It's just, you know, give, yeah. I mean, we all learned, right. Give yourself a little bit more time to enjoy what you did. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, it was, if I was going to do a 50 K eight weeks after Hellgate, I think that would have looked a lot different. Um, you know, and, 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 you know, I did have going into black canyons, like after Hellgate, I was like, okay, it's going to be a small build. I might not be my most fit. It's not going to be as much as Hellgate training, but like the idea is like my, my big goals of black Canyon were to work on my speed, like work on like runnable stuff work on getting faster and then also work on like the confidence of like lining up with some of the, the best women out there. And at the end of the day, like I achieved those two big goals. Like I, I know I did. I know that the speed that I worked on is going to help later once I start work, like getting back into the mountain training. Um, 
it didn't all come together for me at Black Canyon and that's okay. I've like sat with that for a while, but like I, I did a lot of things wrong. Like I got super excited. People started thinking like I was somebody that could get a golden ticket and, and that was really cool. Like, uh, I was like, wow, like I'm starting to believe in myself, but like other people are starting to believe in me. Like that's, that didn't scare me. Like that was super, that was super exciting. And so I like tried to ramp up my training and you know, I did too much intensity. I didn't take enough rest and it showed because I went to the start line and I just like, I felt very flat. I didn't have any, just didn't have, I just didn't have it that day. Mm -hmm. So, but, but that's okay. (laughs) Yeah. You know, when I was talking to you before and trying to cheer you on, it was like, in my mind, I was waiting this mental strategy of like, Ellie be hyped inside, but like, don't hyper too much. Like, like, I don't want to be like, yes, you're going to get a golden ticket. I'm so it's more like, it's like, I'm just know that I'm here for you. Like whatever happens I'm there, you know, it's cause it's, it's really hard. Cause like, I mean, I'm genuinely excited for everybody. Like, it's great, it, yeah, but, I feel that. but like, it's also sometimes that can like mess with people's heads or like, they feel like I expect them to do something when it's like, I don't, I just right. am very excited. So it's like, all right, Ellie, try to modulate your excitement, like see how it goes, you know? And so, um, I think yeah, you took very well was, in stride. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, but I, and I, I think I post, I post this on social media too, where it's like, this self-reflection where it's like, I, I'm very happy that I'm in a place where I know that my self-worth is not based off of my performance at that last hundred K. Right. Like I know that, I know that Logan still loves me. I know that you're still just as excited to see what I do. I know that Ian is still going to support me. I know, you know what I mean? I know my parents still love me. Like, you know, like I, I, so I know that like, like I said, it's, it's cool. It's very exciting to be in a place where that race does not determine my self-worth, which I'm glad that I can like vocalize that because it always hasn't been like that for me. So yeah, Riley Brady expressed similarly. And so it's like, and and, you know, it's great. It's like, we're all growing. We're all getting so more mature. This is amazing. Yes, it's, it, it is. And like, like I said, I'm no matter what people say. And I think that, you know, a lot of people, not that they, and I don't think expect is like the right word, but like, I have had a lot of success early on. And I, I think sometimes people forget that, like, I am like a baby in this sport, a, because of my age, but like, also like, I really just started, I mean, I spent 16 years in the water, like not running. Right. So, I mean, I still have just as much to learn as the next new girl. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's fine. Like, yeah, I, but you have had success. You are coaching other people. So, and you have that. Yeah, they've had success, and they've had success too. I yeah, should and like you've had that athletic pedigree. So, you know, it's, uh, but ultra running is, it's the beauty of it. Like, you know, it's always humbling. We're always learning. It's funny, but like I had, uh, this was before Hellgate this past year. Uh, I had dinner with, uh, David Horton, Logan and I were, and we were just talking about running because like, what else are we going to talk about? Yes. And uh, he looks at me, he goes, you haven't suffered enough yet. Like in racing, like he's like, he looks, he's like, you have not like had to suffer enough. And it, at first I was like, what is this man saying? Like I have suffered like no other. And I didn't quite understand what he meant until I crossed the finish line at Black Canyons where it was like, oh, this, this is what suffering during a race means. Like I suffered from start to finish and that's just how the day went, but I finished. 
Yeah, you did. You did. Like, and I was extremely impressed, like the feed I was getting all day and just, it was hot and uh, there was a lot of attrition. And so, uh, you finished, you persevered and you learned. So I think that that's like the most you can take away from something like that. Yeah, it was definitely, it was hard because like I said, I had to, at first I was like, okay, I'm going to eventually feel better. And like that didn't come. And some other, and you know, just all these things started kind of crashing down. And like, I pretty much had to make that mental switch of being competitive to survival. And, you know, I also had the thought of like, I've never dropped a race, I've never DNF before. And I was like, okay, Rachel, like, are you, I was like checking in with my body. I wasn't stumbling. I wasn't falling. I wasn't, you know, I was, I was uncomfortable. Like the issue, the root of the issue was I was uncomfortable. And I like, you know, I was like, okay, am I going to be okay if I don't finish this race? And I let that sit with me for a few miles. And I realized like the answer was no, because I, I just, I wasn't at a point where I, I felt like I needed to DNF. I think, you know, I want to be clear. I want to be clear that I think there are times that like a DNF is probably necessary. And I think a lot of women have showed that, but I was in a point where I was not causing physical damage to my body. I, I just, I needed to gut it out. And so I did, and it, it was, it was hard. It's hard to make that switch, but also not everybody can make that switch. Right. So sometimes when people don't have their, the day that they want, they just stop. And I was, I wasn't okay with that. But like I said, I do want to clarify that I do think there probably are times where a DNF um, is something you have to do. Smart choice. Yeah. Right. So right. looking just, ahead, what's, what's coming up? What's next? Have you thought, are, are you still enjoying your Hellgate? I think, you know, overdue, <laughs> overdue enjoying. So I, you know, I finished Black Canyon and I, you know, I threw up some pay parties for a week. I was, I was pretty down. Um, but I didn't exercise. I, I needed, I needed to give my body rest. I, I needed to give myself that grace, that rest. Um, so I did zero exercise for over a week. Like I didn't exercise at all. I think we went on like two, like 15 minute walks. Um, so I gave myself rest. It was tough because my mind was like, let's go do something. But this time I was listening to my body where it was like, okay, chill out. So uh, I took a week off of everything completely. Tuesday, I ran like 30 minutes. And then yesterday, sorry, for looking. so yesterday I was in the mountains and it was amazing. I feel great. I went on a nice, a nice trail run today. I'm so I'm giving myself a lot of grace this week to just kind of do what feels good, trying to get some mountain strength back. So I'm focusing on a lot of like hills and just hiking and that type of stuff. No, no speed. Um, and I'm going to like, I'm going to start getting after it again soon. Um, but smarter, I'm going to start working smarter is what my goal is. Um, and not just jump back up to a high volume week. Uh, so giving myself some more grace, but next I'm doing um, promised land 50 K. So not until the end of, end of April. So I'm pretty much going to start there and then do some other 50 K's throughout the, the summer to just keep working on some of my weaknesses, work on racing and that stuff. And that's all kind of just going to build and lead me into grindstone 100, which is in September. Sounds like a good, actually coming from Hellgate, that sounds like a good choice for you. Yeah. I'm, I've, I've had like a realization where like, you know, you, I spent the whole week after Black Cannons, like really reflecting on what went right, what went wrong, what I really want to do and all that type of stuff. And, uh, I want to be in the mountains. I want to be on the single track. I want to be going, I want to be going up. Uh, I think that's what I'm good at. And I think it's the type of training that I truly, that just brings me joy yeah. and, 
that's that's what's gonna bring me success too. I know that when I'm like happy and I'm doing the things that I love, that's when I'm the most successful. So just gonna oh, kind of this is gonna be fun. I can't wait to ride that. Yeah, I'm just gonna ride that wave a little bit. And yeah. Just just kind of right, refocus. A, all right. Just a couple questions left. Thank you for spending uh, this. This has been lovely. I'm so excited. Yes. Um, you know, I should always get my guests to like come after a run. They got that post-race glow. You're, I mean, <laughs> post-run glow. You're like, yes, I want to talk about this. I love it. All I, right. I could talk about running. I always joke where I'm like, oh, like everyone's like, Rachel, what are your hobbies other than running? And I'm like, just talking about running. <laughs> yeah. All right. So if I gave you $100 right now, how would you spend it? Ooh. So I'm, I'm not really a things type of person. I actually hate stuff. Like I, I hate stuff. Um, so I would probably spend it on like a trip. Maybe I'd spend it on like a, an Airbnb and go check out like a new trail. <laughs> oh yeah. That sounds fun. Um, what's the single best piece of advice you've ever been given? Okay. I have two. Um, the first one is like, a, I remember, and it's maybe it's not exactly advice, but I remember, um, just like someone telling me a story and more about a quote about basically the weather and uh the context of it was not letting your emotions uh you know be driven by like the weather and the type of day it is right so and like always being aware of how you're uh describing a day so like like today it's raining and people are like oh the weather is bad um so our brain starts to think like it's a bad day so whenever it rains, I'm just like, it's a good day. And I go outside and run. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I do that too. Like when it's here, I'm like, oh, it's 15 degrees. It's 15. Like, it's just a thing. It's 15. It's like, I'm yes. five nine. It, it's like, just, you know, right. just accept it. I like like not to, exactly. So I guess that advice is just like not giving so much power to like the things we can't control. Right. Yeah. And then, uh, on a more, like on a more personal scale, uh, Logan always, a lot of times, like before I leave or like when I see Logan, he'll like, look at me and he'll say, don't forget who you are. <laughs> and, uh, and like, for me, that's like advice where it's like, it's like, yeah, don't, especially I'm having a tough day or something's not going right. Uh, so that's always been like, really, and I don't know if maybe that's like advice or a mantra. No, I like it. Thing, right? It's like, so yeah, that that's like probably one of the best advice that I get weekly. <laughs> I like it. Yes. The start line of the, you know, at grindstone, I'll just like have to be there and be like, remember who you are, Rachel. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I, yes. And like, like I said, and I tried to, and I actually used that a lot in the last week where I was, like I said, getting pretty down about my last performance and that stuff there. It's like, okay, this didn't go well. And I had a lot of friends too, like that are, that, that did Hellgate and they're like, yeah, but remember what you did do. Like, remember that you can do this. Like, so, so yeah, that's good advice for anybody, right? All right. What's your favorite book? Oh, that's not a fair question. I gave um, this outline. Okay. You I know, I just paired. I didn't really, I forgot. <laughs> um, okay. My favorite book is, okay, two. I have, can I get two? Yes. Okay. So my, my one favorite book is called A Surgeon in the Village, which um, that's more of like a public health type book where it's about a doctor that, a brain surgeon that actually teaches uh, how to do teaches other um, doctors in Africa how to do brain surgery to uh, basically make healthcare more sustainable. It's an amazing book, um, so great. And then uh, my second favorite book that I probably read multiple times is uh, "Eat and Run" by like Scott Jurek. That, oh, that I like book, that one too. Yeah, it's an old one, but like that book really like sparked my interest in running from the beginning. So. It's yeah, it's, it'll always it's be a classic, classic. 
All right. The last game we're going to play is the ideal aid station game. Are you ready? Yes. All right. So you're coming into mile 78 grindstone. Like this is the aid station that you want to be there to like get you to the finish line. Okay. So what sweet snack is there for you? Uh, um, man, I don't know because I'm so like, not, I don't really eat random things. I'm not like you. I'm not a pierogi type of girl. Well, pierogies <laughs> aren't sweet. That's true. Um, I don't know. Maybe something like what, honestly, I don't know, girl, I'm, I'm vegan. So maybe some type of vegan chocolate could probably power me through. Oh, maybe like some chocolate covered pretzel. So it's salty and sweet. Okay. Yeah. And then, okay. A salty snack. Or is that just going to be the combined? Let's do the combined. All right. Or like salt right. chips. Salt okay. chips would be pretty yummy. Yeah, that'd be good. Uh, hot food. Broth. Yeah, Can you that's like broth? A, yeah, that's a, that's a hot ticket item. Uh, that's mine too. And like almost everybody that I say, yeah. yeah. Um, sports drink. Uh, I've really been jamming to long haul, which is pretty new. Chris Roberts just kind of started, um, started his product line. It's amazing. It's not as sweet as some of the other products and it's been working great. I, I told him I usually judge products with, uh, how many times I have to stop for the bathroom when I use it. And so far we're at a whopping zero. So we are. So yeah, go check out long haul. (laughs) All right. Um, non-sports drink, non-sports drink. Um, I like smoothies. I, I do a lot of like the naked your aid station, aid stations. Yeah. I'll do like the naked smoothies. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. The green machine is my favorite. I love that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do that or like the mango or something like that. So yeah, those usually yeah. settle pretty well. Uh, piece of gear. Oh, gear. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> I really, Oh, rabbit has the best shorts. Uh, during black Canyon, I had a pair of shorts that had like the tool belt all around it. So like pockets all around the shorts, like any shorts with pockets really are great, but I mean, rabbit shorts with pockets. Yeah. Rabbit apparel is very good. It is. Yeah. Um, all right. Final question. Uh, can't be family or like, you know, friend, um, celebrity that you want to meet at your aid station can be running, can be not running, can be dead, can be alive. Uh, just person to meet you at the aid station. Uh, man, okay. Uh, man, who's like super exciting that honestly, my favorite person at aid station is David Horton and like kind of friend, kind of mentor, but like, honestly, if you've ever done, I know you maybe haven't, but like anybody that's done like an East coast race where David Horton is at, like nothing gets you more fired up than Horton at an aid station. Like, like it's, it's amazing. It's magic. Well, I'll Sometimes if, try Hellgate. Feeling, if you're not feeling great though, it might annoy you, but, but right. I mean, I've had some really, I've had some really magical things happen where, when he's like, you know, cheering you on or yelling at you or one of the two. So. Oh, that's good. Yeah. We'll have to get him back to grindstone. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you passed the game. Good job. You won. Thank you. Uh, so uh, to close this out, where can people find you and say hello online? Um, I've recently, I guess, been a little bit more active on social media. I never really was, but, um, I'd like to do, I post on Instagram quite a bit. Um, and then I'm also also pretty honest about my training on Strava. So you'll get a good look if you follow me on there and those 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 are in the show notes. Yeah. Both of those are just my name, Rachel Spalding. 
until May 7th. And then they're going to be Rachel Lemke. Okay. Oh yes, that's true. All right. Well, thank you so much for spending this time with me, Rachel. Um, and best of luck in your recovery and your training and surviving those rainy Virginia days. Thank you. And I just want to say that I, I love what, you know, you and Ian are doing with the trails collective. I really feel like you guys are pouring so much into the East coast trail scene and it's, it's really showing. So I think what you guys are doing is really special. Thanks. Well, we're lucky to have people like you here too. We're very lucky. Very, very lucky. Thanks. All right. Well, thank you, Rachel. I'll catch you later. Sounds good. Thanks for listening to this episode of Voices from the Collective. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Gazelli and the Trails Collective on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, I want to thank everybody for their support and encourage you to check out our Patreon account. Uh, Any little donation helps us do what we do here, supporting athletes like Rachel, like Sarah Beal, like Riley. Um, And, you know, any little bit helps. And thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. All right, guys, we're getting close to uh, to spring here, only like, you know, 20-ish more days. So uh, keep getting out there when you can, and uh, let's have a great spring season here on the East Coast. All right, uh, catch you later, guys.